What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Mimi Blue, and you are listening to Human Dialectic, and this is the Dialectic Bulletin series. Every week, I will deliver a purely curated set of news that you would need to know to understand the country and the world that you're living in. Unfortunately, it is a couple bad news, but the good news is that you will be ready for what is about to come because clearly legacy media is not going to tell you what's going on, but I am here to ensure that you are equipped with the knowledge that you need in order to prepare for, let's just say the next revolution that is nearing us ever so closely, ever so closely. So let's go ahead and begin with the main headliner. Now, you're not going to hear this in mainstream media, okay? But uh, what's happening in Sri Lanka is very, very important. And we're going to talk about that, but it is essentially connected to everything that is going on and will ultimately be an example of nations to come. Now, let me just give you a brief overview of what's happening in Sri Lanka, and then I will play some news clips because I simply cannot emphasize the severity of what's going on. These news clips are very good. It gives you a little context, but it is truly a disaster, and it really is a storm that is approaching our way. Now, in Sri Lanka... There are currently a lot of riots that are happening. We'll we'll just call them protests, but people are very, very upset. If you were to Google images or try and find news articles, you will find something, but you're obviously not going to find it in YouTube unless you actually Google for this. The politicians in Sri Lanka completely robbed the people. Now, they were already in a very delicate state before COVID, like a lot of of third world nations, and I really don't want to call them a third world, but a lot of underdeveloped nations depend on uh, wealthier nations to bring in some type of positive cash flow, not just for the nation, but for the people. And Americans definitely would go to these areas in Asia. And it's not just Americans, but you will potentially have Canadians and Europeans. Well, when COVID hits, what do you think happened? Pretty much the entire world shut down. And what happens when you don't have tourism, which is what this nation, I wouldn't say primarily was based off of, but it was a big factor. When you don't have tourists, you don't have any type of income for the people who were dependent on it. So they were already in a very dire situation. And then when you add on the politicians who completely exploited the funds that this nation had, taking out loans that could not be repaid back, just making horrible, horrible decisions. And it doesn't seem far from what we are seeing in a lot of nations right now. We have absolutely no leadership. People are in positions and completely robbing the middle and lower class blind. You're seeing a wealth distribution These are prime examples of what's happening in Sri Lanka, but they just don't have the ability to keep printing money. The people of Sri Lanka have realized that their government is not there to save them. They've realized that there isn't enough money. I'm not sure if the government is bankrupt, but people are starving. People are hungry. People are fed up. There's not enough jobs. Things haven't really gotten back to normal for them. And then they realize that they have politicians who are just selling them out, selling the entire country out. Well, what do you think people do when they get fed up? They will start protesting. And unfortunately, a lot of these government um, buildings and some of the politicians' homes were burnt down. Their cars were burnt. Their homes were burnt. I mean, we're talking violence, which is never the answer, but in some situations, that is just the the reaction that we as human beings want to, to, to express, 
right? Like we are very angry to the point where we just want to burn whatever it is in front of us or harm whoever has caused this type of pain. The worst part of it all is that there is a new prime minister that is in place. A lot of politicians resigned, stepped down, fled the country. I mean, we're talking weak ass individuals, okay? Completely fled the country. And now you have a prime minister who was asking the World Bank for money. Now this triggered in me the book Confessions of a Economic Hitman because the intention is to break these nations. So give them plans or cause a situation that forces them to go to the World Bank and say, hey, let me borrow a couple billion dollars to get my country back up to speed. Of course, when you take a loan out with the World Bank, there's going to be interest. And that nation and its people are ultimately indebted for life, period. So if you haven't gotten a chance to read that book, get that book. But that is exactly what it reminded me of, is that in order for this global reset to happen, these nations have to fall. They have to collapse. Their economic structure has to collapse. Everything has to be burned down to the ground, metaphorically speaking. And then you have these so-called saviors who are going to come in and say, we can help you. We have a better system in place. That is essentially the new world order. But I use Sri Lanka as an example because there are other countries who are in a very similar situation. And the U.S. is one of them. It just seems to drag on for very, very long. Uh, there's just so many clues to the fact that it it is going to happen. And, you know, I always debate this because as someone who understands spirituality, whatever you put your energy towards, you will potentially manifest. I don't like thinking that this is going to happen. However, when I'm looking at the landscape and I see that our currency is not worth anything, when I see that the banks have completely sold us out, when I see that the Federal Reserve or our treasury is actually just printing money, which is why we're in the situation with inflation, on top of the fact that there have been billions, actually a total of trillions of dollars that have been just circulating that they've pushed into our economy and is circulating. This was not organically generated, you know, cash or it wasn't, it, it didn't derive from productivity. Okay. The government just created all of this cash into the economy. And where is it going? It's just sort of just sloshing around, right? There are so many clues that will lead us to one path. We can't get out of this. We can't file for bankruptcy. I mean, we could, right? It's either we're going to, it's going to collapse or our government has to file for bankruptcy, but it doesn't seem to look good either way because people are going to get pissed. So I don't want to think that I am a negative person and constantly saying that there is no solution. There are definitely solutions, but we need to recognize the problem, which is we are in a bad situation financially. We've accumulated too much debt. Our leaders have sold us out. We need to organize as a community at the, at the local levels, okay? Because the government at, at the federal level, gone. We don't own that federal government. At the state level, there may be a little bit of control. But at the local levels, we need to regroup, reorganize, Maybe we need to figure out what currency we need to exchange in. It is not an easy thing. I know it is possible, but we just need to get ready. And I don't want to seem like I'm negative and constantly thinking about this because whatever you think about will manifest. I am a solutions-oriented person. I want to know what solutions we have. I know there are solutions. I'm still researching it, but I understand that we need to pull out 
from the federal government. We need to pull out from these systems that were not designed to make us succeed for us to be wealthy. Money is not our God. And unfortunately, when it comes to debt, that is what controls us. That is what keeps us binded to the system. So rather than me continuing to talk, listen to some of these clips about what's going on in Sri Lanka because it is pivotal and there have been signs from the World Bank. They came out with a statement about the recession. Now they are recognizing that we are in a recession. I played Janet Yellen coming out and saying that, well, I misunderstood that we were in a recession. It wasn't clear to me, blah, 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 blah. And honestly, like, is she going to be fired? No, she's not going to be fired. She really effed up in her position. And yet, while millions of people are struggling, wages are not increasing at the same rates as inflation. They're struggling to get food. This whole baby formula situation, she's not going to get penalized. But we, the regular people in the middle and poor class, will. We will. We are going to pay the price for this unless we choose to wake up. So here are some clips. Just listen to what's going on in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is facing its most serious economic and political crisis in decades, with protests on the streets and officials resigning and being replaced so quickly, we're not sure how long the next finance minister will stick around, because the new appointee lasted just a day. People are struggling to get the basics from food to fuel. Some observers say the poorest may soon face starvation. Years of government mismanagement and corruption compounded by the pandemic has led to this tragedy. Troops patrol the streets outside the parliament in Colombo, locked down after unprecedented street demonstrations against Sri Lanka's president, Gotabaya Rajapaksa. Once wildly popular, his approval ratings have been undermined by people's anger at rampant inflation as well as food, fuel and medicine shortages. The COVID pandemic destroyed Sri Lanka's tourism industry, leading to a lack of foreign exchange for imports. I started a small business recently, but it's very difficult to maintain it. There's no gas, there's no kerosene. And that's why people are protesting in the streets. People are suffering a lot. They've reached the end of their patience. One can't say how the people will behave, what decision they'll take. Gotabaya Rajapaksa is backed by Sri Lanka's powerful Sinhala Buddhist majority, who credit him with ending the 26-year-long civil war in 2009. The protests threaten one of the most powerful Asian political dynasties. In 2020, Mahinda Rajapaksa won elections to become Sri Lanka's prime minister, serving under his brother and president, Gotabaya. In 2021, another sibling, Basil, was named finance minister, tightening the family's grip on power. Demonstrators accused the president of mismanaging Sri Lanka's most painful downturn since independence from Britain in 1948. The protests began last month but have intensified in the past few days, leading to clashes between protesters and police in some instances. So we are here on behalf of Sri Lanka, the entire nation. So we are facing so many crises. We have no money, people are struggling, people have no food, people have nothing, people have no gas to cook, people have no money to buy food. So this has to stop. Something has to change in this country. So we are here to make that change. And we will fight until this thing changes. Gotabe has to go home. Rajapaksa revoked a state of emergency after dozens of lawmakers walked out of the ruling coalition. But the troops remain on the streets. There is no certain way out of Sri Lanka's worst political crisis for decades. So you think it can't happen here. But I just shared news clips of what the conditions were that led to this disaster in Sri Lanka, and it's going to happen in other nations. Now, here's more grim news, and you should really pay attention because this is the slow drip, drip, drip 
that they do in the media to get you prepared to let you know that this is coming. But if you don't prepare and you're not able to react, well, they say it's on you. It's your own karma. So for example, the World Bank issues a grim economic forecast. The global economy is facing weak growth and high inflation, the report says. The World Bank has cut its global growth projection for this year from 4.1% to 2.9%, warning that many countries are likely to face recession. Amid the war in Ukraine, surging inflation, and rising interest rates, global economic growth is expected to slump in 2022, the Tuesday press release said. Several years of above-average inflation and below-average growth are now likely with potential with potentially destabilizing consequences for low- and middle-income economies. It's a phenomenon, stagflation, that the world has not seen since the 1970s. I'm going to say that this is going to be worse than the 1970s. And the reason why Ukraine is such a big deal is because it is one of the the main uh, sources of wheat, okay? They export a lot of wheat. They produce a huge percentage and provides food for nearly 400 million people. This is based off of government papers and UN papers. So if you cause conflict in an area that has a significant impact on the entire globe, the global economy, what do you think is going to happen? But this is just compounding on top of everything else that has been occurring. The other nation that we talk about in this conflict is Russia. And Russia is a huge producer and exporter of fertilizer. So when you don't have fertilizer, you're not going to be able to maintain your crops, grow your crops. And sadly, we have people who go to the grocery store and they have no idea how food is sourced. But hey, you know, good that they can just go to the grocery store and just pick up their food. They don't have to work very hard. They don't have to source the seeds. They don't have to maintain crops. They don't have to transport the food. They don't know anything about that. They just want to go to the grocery store and get their food. Well, guess what? What happens when the farmers cannot find fertilizer, when they can't grow their crops? You're going to starve. You're going to starve. And that leads me to this next article by the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. Well, they noticed that the food index, the food price index, has been increasing significantly. It's going to get worse. I'm not here to fear monger. I'm here to bring you facts on a plate and you decide what you need to do. This article is stating that the overall food price index is now averaging 157.4 points in May of 22. Now they're saying it's down 0.9 points from April, but you guys, that's still worse, significantly worse from last year. Okay, last year was 29.2 points. (laughs) It's just, it's not any better, but it's to give you a comparison. The cereal price index was averaging 173.4 points, okay? And they're in points, but if you're into math or, or statistics, you know, they you can convert it into percentages in some way, but they're using points. Vegetable oil is also really high, 229.3 points. However, it's down 8.3 points from last month. I mean, this is, I don't know whether they are trying to be sarcastic here. I know it's just to be objective to let us know where we stand. But if you look at the trajectory since last year, it is not decreasing at all. It's getting worse. Let me remind all of you of Klaus Schwab. Again, he's being presented as a villain he's more than a villain he's a demon but he's trying to appeal to a certain base I don't know which base maybe it's the elites the globalists that desire to reach 
his level of fame and success. If you think he is famous, he's more infamous, I should say, and successful. I don't know if he really earned his uh, his wealth in a very ethical manner. But let's listen to Klaus Schwab. Remember, he said that we were going to be in a much angrier world. You know, I could mock him. I mean, I'm not mocking people with accents, but the way that he speaks, it's like he's just embodying pure evil. And he is blatantly telling the public, this is what's going to happen. What are you going to do about it? I mean, you can hear it for yourself. Let's listen to what Schwab has to say about the future. I don't know how it will play out in uh, November, but what we know is that we will end up with many more unemployed and uh, particularly also people in the gray economy, which are not counted for, uh, who lose their jobs. So we will see definitely a lot of anger uh, already now, but probably increase by the end of the year uh, because this crisis will be with us until we really have found a remedy. So um, we have to prepare for a more angry world. And uh, how to prepare? Uh, It means to take the necessary action to create a fairer world, um, to see that uh, we provide everybody with uh, decent access to the health system, um, that we make sure that those people Uh, who are really left behind, uh, and I'm not speaking only on national levels, I'm speaking also internationally. If I see now uh, the tragedy in some of the emerging countries like South Africa, like some countries in East Asia, I think it's all, uh, I I don't have too many remedies. The, The remedies have to be discussed through dialogue by the stakeholders of our global system. But um, I just see the need for such a dialogue and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. You know what really pisses me off about that audio? And he said this many times. He uses the term stakeholders. Who are these stakeholders? These stakeholders are the elites, the globalists, those who are part of the Club of Rome, uh, the Bilderberg Group, that's who he is referring to. He's not talking about us low-level people, right? The people who are the middle, middle, low class, the useless eaters, okay? I'm very offended, and you should be offended as well, that he thinks that we need people to dictate to us what we need to be doing how we need to act, how our world should function. But anyways, you see the pattern here, okay? We are definitely going to see other third world nations suffering even further. They are on the brink and it does not take them much to collapse. Now, a lot of first world nations are getting closer As you can see, energy costs are increasing, taxes are increasing, cost of living is increasing, uh, groceries increasing, everything is increasing. And we can't spend our way out of debt. We are either going to have to file for bankruptcy or something's got to give, okay? I don't know which nations, which first world nations would be the first, but if you recall what happened in 2008 with the recession, which, by the way, the recession actually started in 2007, okay, several months before it was deemed an official recession um, and when it all, you know, went straight to hell. So I find it very ironic that they are letting us know, which, if you also see the pattern, they tend to collapse things probably in the fall time. So they're probably going to give us a summer, but this is your only time to, I really think that the window is closing. Like it, it, it's it's about to shut <laughs> by the end of this year. Something is about to give. You know, we have the midterm elections. Something is going to give. 
and things are looking very dire, but you need to be hopeful. Okay. You need to be positive because when chaos erupts, you know, people are going to be losing their mind and you really need to have your head on your shoulders because there will not be a lot of uh, rationality, a lot of common sense uh, around you. So I definitely did a lot with trying to associate certain events that are happening around the world and obviously find some parallels. But it is very important to see how one thing that that is happening halfway around the globe can have a global impact. It can have a domino effect. So it's very, very interesting times, but I think we are seeing the elites sound the alarm. There's also a very interesting trend of certain elites dying, you know, suddenly being hung, killed, suicide. It's a very, very strange thing that's happening, but it's not being called out, of course. But these are some very, very unusual circumstances that are are happening in these inner circles. So that's the headline. And we are going to move into European news, see what's going on. So I'm going to begin with the UK. UK students are urged to report propaganda. Again, this is Big Brother, Big Brother at scale. The University of Edinburgh in Scotland has urged its students to report misinformation after one of its teachers was accused of spreading false Russian narratives. See, that's like, that's their go-to. You know, they don't want to give you enough details. They just want to say that you are spreading something that Russia is also spreading. They can't even state an argument. They can't even have a debate. Moving on. The UK is also celebrating a jubilee. Now, I really want to know if the British people are truly invested in the jubilee. I mean, I I understand that it's an anniversary. I'm not going to act like I know British history. Maybe that's my ignorance. But this jubilee thing this year seems to be quite messy. Very messy. It, It doesn't seem to be garnering positive attention it doesn't seem to be going too well and I'm not going to talk about the two dead beats you know the one that is uh the American that is married to the British British dude the British guy the guy that has a problem with Americans being outspoken he he thinks that we shouldn't have the first amendment yeah that dead beat you know the the beta man we're not going to talk about that couple but what I will talk about is the fact that the queen, who I, by the way, think is dead, I, I'm i 100% positive that she is dead. We may be seeing a clone. Uh, I, I saw some holograms. That was a little odd. Holograms in the carriage? That's weird. This whole Jubilee thing is just bizarre to me. I don't know if the British people feel that way. I even saw an article where people thought it was awake. It was just weird. Very freaking weird. But the uh, the Jubilee's happening, or it was happening. I don't know if it's still going on. But uh, that's that's the, the Jubilee for you guys, you know? I, uh, I did a quick Google search, okay? I'm just gonna... I just had to check to see what it was about. So it's about the Queen. All right, it's about the Queen. You know, I thought it was sort of like a 4th of July. That's what I thought it was. But it's really about... Her Majesty, the Queen. Yeah, the one that kidnaps kids with her dead husband and the kids go missing. Yeah, that that queen. But I'm pretty sure some British people are going to come for my neck. So it's okay. Everyone has their own opinion. I'm just saying you really shouldn't glorify people that you really don't know. Moving on. Ukraine is accused of mass kidnappings. Hmm. They've been getting a lot of positive attention, but it's more of a cover up. Ukrainian special forces are targeting relatives 
of the Donbass and pro-Russian activists, according to DPR officials. So DPR officials have accused Ukrainian specials of conducting a mass kidnapping. And these accusations were made by DPR, a human rights commissioner, uh, during a briefing on Friday in which she stated that the daughter of a DPR people's militia officer had been abducted by Ukrainian special forces in Kharkov. Goes to show you who really is committing the atrocities and causing conflict. And pulling on the same thread on Ukraine, here's something you probably didn't know. On Wednesday, so June 1st, President Joe Biden announced a new military assistance package for Ukraine. Yes, on top of the $40 billion that was sent, a new military package for Ukraine amid the country's recent territorial losses to Russian forces and their allies in Donbass. So now we're sending them weapons okay and one of the weapons is a launch rocket system i don't know if it goes by an acronym acronym um i think it's h-i-m-a-r-s Hamars. i don't know if, if it's said as an acronym or this, it's a full word but it can carry longer range missiles so you have to ask yourself is this a legitimate war clearly not but why would the u.s invest in sending so many weapons and so much money to ukraine the only conclusion here is that this is a proxy war and ukraine is just being the cover for the u.s this doesn't make any sense we don't have any money And why aren't people getting outraged? There's still people who are supporting this war. I understand that there are people who have family members and those are the people who are affected. I feel bad for the Ukrainian people because they are just in the middle of all of this. Okay. They are collateral damage. I don't say that in a nice way. They just happen to be in the crosshairs. This is truly a fight between nations, egotistical leaders, and global powers. That's really what it is. But I need to understand why are people trying to support this? This makes no sense. But I'm trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Meaning there are people who don't think logically and I'm trying to understand why they don't think logically. But it's not my... it's not my place. Like I I really shouldn't waste my time. I really shouldn't. Finally, I know the British people are getting sick of Boris Johnson. He's looking like he might get kicked out, but I don't know. I really don't know. They're getting real pissed off. And I see the British people waking up too. They never obviously left uh, uh, the European Union, you know, the Brexit that never happened, even though that's what many British people wanted. It just never happened. So Boris Johnson, I don't know, your time is dwindling, my friend. It is dwindling a lot. You are a coward and you are a hypocrite. You're no different than many other leaders in first world nations, but you're pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. There are actual witnesses seeing you break your own COVID measures that you instituted for an entire nation. Lame, dude. You're lame. All right. So let's move to Asia. What is going on in Asia? Well, some things are going on. They're just not getting the coverage that you would expect. China, again, has been laying very low and has been very quiet. I will give this to the Chinese, okay? They are very strategic, very strategic. And there are now rumors, or I shouldn't even I shouldn't even say rumors. There is a high probability that China is going to invade Taiwan. I am not saying that. That is what people are speculating, just based off of China's repositioning in terms of military bases in the Asian region. They are 
trying to dictate policies that would hurt Taiwan. You know, we saw something similar and people forget about this in 2019 when Hong Kong was protesting against the Chinese government wanting to take it over. Hong Kong is its own uh, state. It is independent from China. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And before COVID hit, the Chinese government was losing control in Hong Kong. China has an ambition to obviously take over the world, but there are certain territories that they want to regain. Always, always remember that a lot of wars start off on the basis of two things, money or territory, or when it comes to territory, resources and materials or minerals. It's, it's just unbelievable. It really is. Another thing about China is that it is secretly building a foreign base, according to the Washington Post. Beijing is looking to expand its influence in the Indo-Pacific by establishing a naval facility in Cambodia. The facility, occupying a portion of Cambodia's Reim naval base on the Gulf of Thailand, is set to become only China's second foreign outpost after the opening of a base in the East African nation of Djibouti, in 2017. So I wouldn't doubt for a second that they are really trying to make some moves. They will take their time, but I I I definitely think that something is is bound to happen and the people of Thailand are preparing to fight back because they're not going to take this. I will say one thing, one final thing about China. I read an article about how Elon Musk has certain parts that are made in China. And Elon Musk is boasting about his wealth and his uh, so-called acquisition of Twitter. I don't even know if that's going to fall through. I, I look at that as all drama. But um, there is a concern that the Chinese leaders could affect Musk's fortunes because, you know, he uh, he owns or at least runs Tesla, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just I find it amusing because Elon Musk is all of a sudden in the news cycle. I think this is what this man wants. But. If you recall a couple of years ago, he went to court and he said he was broke. So where did all this money come from? That's why I just don't really believe these so-called billionaires and millionaires because they're, what is there? It's like LeBron James is now announcing that he's a billionaire. What does that mean? At the end of the day, it's all smoke and mirrors, you guys, smoke and mirrors. Now, I usually don't have news from Africa. That's not to say that there isn't anything going on, but... It can be difficult to find news from that region just because if you don't know which sites to go to, it can be hard. Uh, and it, and the news is, is really, it's, it's far, far worse in terms of the association of the press and the government. Like it's literally one hand. Uh, so it's hard to find true uh, factual news articles. But besides that, There's a situation going on with Rwanda and the Dominican, sorry, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there seems to be a diplomatic issue that's happening. I want to keep an eye on this. Remember what happened in Rwanda in the late 80s, early 90s? That absolutely straight up genocide. That's what it was. It was a genocide. Obviously, Rwanda doesn't want to have that happen again, but I wonder why all of a sudden we are seeing tension between two countries here. All right, you guys, let's uh, let's come back to the States. What's going on in the States? Well, where to begin? U.S. Supreme Court justice was targeted for assassination. An armed man has been charged for targeting Justice 
Brett Kavanaugh over abortion and gun control. You know how dense people are? You know there are more than one judge or judges on the bench? I mean, why are you targeting Brett Kavanaugh? Do you not know who the other judges are? Do you even know how many exist? There are nine. So how did, you know, this guy decide on Brett Kavanaugh? Like, that's the the one name that you hear frequently. And quite frankly, why does this man care? He can't give birth. I'm just stating the facts. I mean, you can defend a woman's right, but I'm just confused by this. But this is the, the mania that we're seeing. People are going hysterical. Now, I don't know if they are supposed to make a decision on this sometime this week. But this goes to show you how crazy people are. Absolutely crazy. Well, what were you going to achieve? I know there was another judge that was killed in Wisconsin. Potentially he was going to go after the the killer was going to go after the governor of Michigan and Mitch McConnell. I don't even know if that's true. I'm not, I'm not doubting it, but I don't know. But I cannot doubt how crazy people are. When you watch too much TV and you don't critically think, this is what happens. So I believe we are going to have a very mad summer. Not angry, but chaotic summer. Dr. Oz wins the U.S. Senate primary. You know, I... Oh my gosh. Trump-backed Dr. Oz has won a hotly contested race for the Republican nomination in Pennsylvania. I don't trust Dr. Oz because when I see you dining with Marina Abramovic, you know, the artist, the so-called artist who has uh, spirit cookings with the Podesta brothers and the Rothschilds and some of these celebrities, you're not one to trust. You're not one to trust. And that's my position. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden can't stop being in the news. I'm sick and tired of seeing all these articles. I've never seen a picture or a vulgar picture, I should say, of him. And I don't want to. There are some photos of him. But I am sick and tired of seeing all of this. How can anyone not see how compromised our president is due to his son? Now, we have certain videos, pornographic videos circulating online. Videos you can pay for. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm just over it. Okay, the laptop exists there is some criminal behavior on that laptop. I need people to stop defending him. Speaking of the president, there is the great resignation that's happening at the White House. They're having a huge staff turnover and it's not looking good. And it's not just for the president, the vice president as well, Miss Jezebel Nobody knows what she does. Really, no, like nobody knows what she does. What is she doing? But she's on a bare bone staff as well. So, yeah. <laughs> like, who's surprised? Like, look at the way that the country is being run. On the next topic, schools want to include more surveillance. That's not the answer to Yvalda. Okay, it's not about adding more surveillance into the school systems. I mean, Ohio now is is trying to pass a law where teachers can now defend themselves with a firearm. You don't have to have a firearm on you, but it is to protect the children. It is not to add additional surveillance to do biometrics on children. But that is that is called the Great Reset. You will have no privacy, essentially. Now, I do have two final topics I wanted to touch on uh, that I found interesting. 
The first one is tied to these hackers. Apparently there was a, a Reddit thread and uh, they were talking about these hackers who got into the systems of Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. And it was able to, or at least like the the results from this hacking confirmed that the deadliest batches from Pfizer began with EN and ER. So if you look at your vaccine card, if you are vaccinated, you'll have a lot number. And in that lot number, you'll see notations beginning with EN, ER, et cetera. Like there's different um, notations. And uh, the hackers also found that the deadliest batches for children would begin with EW, FA, and FC. This is just confirming what people realized months ago. It's kind of sad that the these so-called hackers, I mean, if you want to believe the story, but these hackers had to get into the system to find out what exactly was going on with these vaccines. So we, we know that there is some deadly stuff out there. Here's my opinion. I don't think any vaccine that they offered is safe. There may be some people who have a less lethal batch. Um, It may be a salient. But my humble opinion tells me that every single one of those vaccines has a chip. At the most, I should say at the bare minimum, a chip. Every single one of them has a chip. Every single one of them has some varying degree of a weapon. I just don't think it's safe. I really don't think it's safe. So if people are saying they have not experienced anything, I don't know if you've been tested for clots. I don't know if you know how healthy you are. I don't even know if you've done any tests to see if there are any living organisms that were inserted into your body, like foreign objects. I don't think it's safe. Even if you are fine and you've not had any issues, I don't think it's safe, period. You're you're playing Russian roulette. You really are. Because we don't know what the long-term effects are. And that's what every doctor has said. We don't know. And that's the true test. Now we are on to our final news item for today. This is a very interesting one. If you're into Bitcoin... You may already know that there was a cryptocurrency that collapsed. That cryptocurrency is Terra, so Terra USD, also called UST, and its sister token, Luna. Now, back in March, and maybe even earlier, people were questioning these cryptocurrencies. I have really no feelings about cryptocurrency. I understand that the future will be digital. I understand that our existing currency will not exist. So the question is, what are we going to be using as currency in the future? Either we drive that or the globalists will drive it. The reason why I bring Terra and Luna up is because people are beginning to question whether cryptocurrency is the future. I don't know if the question is whether cryptocurrency is the future, but rather, what are we going to be using as digital currency? That's the real question. Is it something that's going to be implanted into our skin? Who is going to govern this digital currency? We still don't even know who created Bitcoin. That's what's really freaky about all of this because I don't know where it's going. But I bring up UST and Luna because it has pretty much dropped people's confidence in cryptocurrency. The background to the story is that there's a 30-year-old named Do Kwan, Do Kwan and he was the founder of this project and it was estimated worth 60 billion 60 billion 
Okay. And people were questioning how it could produce that much value. Well, the thing is, it's an algorithmic stablecoin. So it basically relies on a complex set of code rather than hard currency reserves to stabilize the price. So that's why people would invest in Terra and Luna and they'd get like a 20% return. That was the guarantee. You'd get a 20% return. The numbers didn't add up. So several investors raised raised the alarm. They were like, this is not making any sense whatsoever. But Quan made a lot of money. And people who invested in this early on made a lot of money as well. I bring this up because I recognize that there will be more implosions. We have a lot of fraudulent people and digital currency has been taking a hit. But with this being an example, people are going to start pulling out. People are going to start losing confidence in currency overall. I just don't know where things are going to go when it comes to money. I know it's going to collapse, but what's going to replace it? But this is just such a, a disturbing and unfortunate situation because there are many people who have invested in Terra and, and Luna and they lost everything, right? I mean, there were people who had their entire life savings in cryptocurrency, which is kind of dumb on them. But, you know, people there, there are a lot of people who don't understand investments, right? I mean, they ever, people want a, a quick return. They don't want the long journey. They don't want to take the hard route or the hard path. Now, what happened to Quan? I don't know. He's based in, in Asia. So clearly, you know, he's not operating here in the States. Can he be tried? No, doesn't seem like it. Have people lost their money? Of course. This is just the unfortunate thing when it comes to doing business in the digital currency world. You know, you you don't have a bank. You can't sue a bank. So who do you sue? Well, you guys, we've come to the end. And uh, a lot of very heavy hitting news. But as always, I'm here to present it to you. You come to your own conclusions. You figure out how it applies in your life because it does. Every single one of these things has some type of impact, whether directly or indirectly. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it brought value to your day. And I will talk to you again very soon. Have a good one.